Podcast, a podcast where you can learn the ins and outs of high school basketball, college basketball in the state of New Jersey. Remember, if you can shoot, you can play. Today, we got a special guest that we're going to be bringing in, the Director of Basketball Operations at Siena University in Albany, New York. Greg Fahey is a friend of mine. I met Greg a couple of years back. He's uh, he, we, we coach AU together, and he's currently the director of basketball operations at um, Siena University. Greg, say hi to the people. What's up, man? Appreciate you guys having me on. Appreciate you having me on. Always, always good when we chop it up, man. We uh, finally got something on recording. Usually, we just talk for hours, you know, for for, for, for nothing. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Yeah. Man, how's man. how's everything coming along with the pandemic and all that stuff? How, how are you holding up? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think everyone's got their challenges in the pandemic, and and you know, you just gotta. It's like a fight. You got to keep fighting and, and and whatnot. Whether it's working out or doing, you know, some type of project, it's you know, uh, it's always good to you know watch a show every so often. Maybe listen to a podcast. Whatever you got going up, you know, for uh, it's a unique time for college basketball coaches, just because. We never really have this type of time, but it's it's a uh, it's a good way to adapt and you know connect with your guys via Zoom or FaceTime, and it, you know it pushes you to to stay stay on the offense, you know, instead of the defense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. That's all I've been doing. And, you know, as coaches, and uh, you know, I, I'm a high I'm coaching high school. You know, every, everyone knows I coach high school. I'm the head coach in Newark Academy. Right. Um, I'm just you know like basically just prepping our, our schedule for the upcoming year. Hopefully we have a season, which, you know, I, I think God willing, we will. And I'm just trying to put together like scrimmages and things of that nature, sending our kids uh, some videos where they can work out shooting stuff and things like that. So, yeah, there's so many resources now between Instagram and online and all that stuff that, you know, there's no excuse for the kids to not be, not be working, you know? Yeah. 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 You know how it is. You just got to, Stay on them. You know, with my group, I got a bunch of kids who play different sports. So a lot of my guys right now will be playing lacrosse. Okay. And, uh, you know, so they're, you know, some of them are pretty upset that there's no lacrosse season. You know, I actually feel bad for some of the uh, the spring coaches, you know, and uh, some of the athletes. But no, got to stay safe, same. man. No, I, I totally agree, especially the senior athletes that didn't, you know, you're if you're working all year for that senior season, you know, that senior yep. season is different, man. You know, yeah. it's different, especially if you're not going to go play college sports. So, you know, NCAA did the right thing by granting, you know, that extra year for the college athletes. But high school, you don't even think about high school where, you know, those dudes, you know, they got they got gypped. But, you know, yeah. like the old cliche saying says, you know, play every game like your last, right? Last, yep, yep. So just uh, explain to, you know, a new listener, you know, who Greg Fahey is, his journey, and you know, to becoming, yeah. you know, to ending up at, at Siena. Siena, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, well, I, like Deion said, we coached AAU together, you know, probably about four or five years ago. Um, but, you know, I uh, I went to Randolph High School. I went Then I went to Marist College. I was a manager at Marist College, you know, graduated from uh, Marist and then, uh, uh, you know, immediately went to St. Benedict's to, to coach, you know, which was, you know, a great time in my life because you were dealing with high-level athletes and, Yep. and players and, and, and whatnot, you know, and during that time I met, you know, Dion coaching New Jersey Thunder. 
um, you know, Matt Ty's program. So, you know, we, uh, we met through, we met through that and I stayed at Benedict for, for three years. And then, you know, um, I, uh, after the thunder, I, I linked up with the city rocks on the EYBL and I, I jumped to there and I, and, um, you know, I jumped there during my time at Benedict's. And then when I left Benedict's, I went to Fairleigh Dickinson Florham division three as an mm-hmm. assistant for two years. I did that while coaching city rocks as well. And then, um, after spending two years there, I, uh, I jumped to Providence college last year as a graduate assistant, which was an amazing experience. The big East has, you know, always been my favorite conference growing up when it was the old big East and, even like, you know, now, like, you know, Big East is so unique because like the, those schools, you know, the priority is basketball and, and, and that's the entire conference, you know, the priority yeah. is basketball, you know, so that's, uh, it's, it's unique, I, you know, being on the floor at Madison Square Garden was, was crazy for the Big East tournament, you know, just those experiences you can't, uh, you can't really, you know, uh, you know, put a price on, but then I spent, I spent a season up there and at the, uh, right after the season, I got offered the, the, Dobo job at Siena from Coach Carm, who I've known for probably about four or five years now as well. Um, you know, he recruited Arnaldo Toro from St. Benedict's, um, which I okay. which I that's where the connection kind of, you know, started when I he was recruiting him and I was, you know, helping him with Arnaldo a little bit when I was there. So then uh yeah, just just uh wrapped up our first season here at Siena. We won, you know, twenty games. We won the Mac regular season championship and um you know, we, we had, we had won our first conference game, but then the COVID hit. So, you know, that regular season championship actually means something this year, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, whenever you can win a regular season championship in college on any level, let alone division one, you know, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's an accomplishment in itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. Um, so I, you know, I guess your time at uh, Benedict's, you learned a lot. You know, I, I think Coach Taylor was there when you were there. Yeah, yeah, Coach Taylor. Yep, uh, I learned a ton from Coach Taylor and Coach Pearson. You know, I learned a lot of stuff offensively from Coach Taylor, and you know, I learned a lot of stuff defensively from Coach Pearson. And Coach Pearson was great too. You know, he just, you know, just little stuff that you know, just how to like, you know, leave the gym, you know, cleaner than when you walked in. Don't walk on the gym floor with like, you know, your boots or your dress shoes. Just little stuff that makes Benedict's the way it is. And coach Taylor, you know, does a great job of, you know, bringing in guys from all across the world. So, you know, it was a really, you know, a, a, a front row experience and uh, mm-hmm. you're in the middle of Newark, you know, I grew up in Morris County, but my whole family's from West Orange. So they always kept me down in Essex County. And, you know, I really like Essex County a lot. And, you know, Newark will give you an education if you don't, if you don't already have it, you know, <laughs> that's what it and that's not made for everybody. So, you know, like you just got to embrace it. Yes, it would. You know, you got to embrace that. Yes, thing. it would. So, yeah, yes, it would. Um, Yeah. I remember, um, you know, when we was coaching with the Thunder and I'm, you know, I remember Matt Ty, he was telling me, he was like, oh, this guy, Greg Fahey. And we, our practice was, our practice was at FDU Florida, remember? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And yeah. and, and we were like overlapped. I'll be leaving, yeah. You'll be coming yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'll, I'm walking out, and you were like, "Oh man, yo, I got this one kid, man, this Duval kid. He's pretty good." You know, I'm looking at you like, "Man, whatever, man. I don't know <laughs> about no Duval. Yeah, yeah. Care about right. no Duval. So you know, fast forward, you know, that guy winds up at Duke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember and, Trey, Trey coming in. You know, when he was such a young kid and 
you know, it, it, it's funny to see these players before they blow up, right? Like, you yes. know, like it's just, yes. it's just yes. funny. And, and, uh, you know, he came to us when he was 15 and, and, you know, Trey would, you know, he would come to my, I was coaching high school across at Columbia at the time and he just wanted to get out of the dorm. So I'd have like, you know, a top five point guard in the country helping me coach lacrosse on the sidelines. It was, you know, <laughs> comical. So, you know, he would come to my, my, my thunder practice, you know, yeah, and, and you play. wanted to get in the gym. Yeah, I just wanted to get in the gym. I remember, you know, uh, one father, you know, whose son was like one of the top players in Morris County. He he couldn't even couldn't he barely dribble, and and he didn't know who Dewall was at the time. And then after practice, he's like, "Who is that kid?" He was like, "Oh, he's getting recruited, number five point guard in the country." He's like, "Oh, okay, good. I thought my son it was over for my son, you know." So, uh, yeah. you know, but yeah, yeah, no, you know, hard worker ended up going to Duke and. You know, he's on a, a, a you know, a two-way, I think, right now in the G League. Yeah, yeah. So that that must have been, you know, see, me at Benedict's, you know, you get to interact with so many guys and so many players on so many different levels. It's like, you know, you're actually seeing the seven-foot sophomore kid, the six-five guy that plays on the wing that's really, really good, and he has a chance to either make the NBA or play at a high division one school. I remember you guys had one kid. I went down to uh to VCU and I worked the camp down there and you got the you had the kid Johnny something. I forgot yeah, John Williams. Johnny Johnny Williams, yes, yes. He was he was pretty good too. He was pretty good. Um John Williams was, was very was very good. You know, he was he was electric. The ne- the, yeah. The next thing I wanted to uh tap into is you know, just like the just to explain to like, you know, parents, young athletes, kids thinking about going to a Division One program, mm-hmm. whether it's on any level. You know, like I know how hard it is to play uh, college basketball, and I played on the Division Two level at Bloomfield College. You know, some kids have aspirations. No, sorry, some kids cut, have aspirations. You cut, you cut, it, you cut in and out. Oh, my fault. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, some kids have aspirations for uh, playing at the highest level. But, you know, as a coach, when you have to, you know, explain to a parent and explain or explain to a kid that, you know, a, a Division two might be what's best for you, you know, how how you get that message across to them? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the advice I, I got, you know, like from – from like guys that were like older than me and, and whatnot and they were going through recruiting and, and, and all that stuff, you know, was that like if for example, if someone was getting recruited and we were looking at it and they had, you know, say they had seven A ten offers and then, you know, at the end they ended up with seven A ten offers and, you know, two big ten offers, but, you know, the big ten programs that offered them were, you know, the lower tier of the conference that finished last or second to last. Well you should probably go to the A-10 then, you know, that's, that's what, you know, is kind of the obvious statement is like go to the A-10, you know, or you could try to push yourself and challenge yourself and go to the big 10, you know, um, but it's on a a program that isn't as, you know, winning as much. So for example, if I'm at a D, if I'm, you know, getting recruited and, you know, I got 25 division twos all over me and I, three or four division ones kind of messing with me, but waiting to see where it goes. And, you know, they haven't offered you in the fall. They didn't offer you during your season. And now it's, you know, April, they still haven't offered you. Well, they're probably waiting on other guys ahead of you. 
And so they might kind of like you, but if they haven't offered you, then they might be like, you know what, let's just keep him, you know, warm. Let's not offer. If we miss on our first two guys or three guys, then we'll offer and we'll go get him. So, you know, I mean, it happens every year where division two is recruit a kid for two years and then a D1 comes in and in 10 days they, they commit to D1 or less than. So, and I get that, you know, everyone's, everyone's dream is to go D1. So I'm not knocking it either. Yeah. You know, I'm not, right. I'm not saying anything like that. You just got to, you know, ask yourself what you want. And, and, you know, a coach once told me and not even with coaching, I mean, excuse me, not even with uh, recruitment, just with like, you know, coaching, he's like, go where you're wanted. Cause where you're wanted, exactly. you, you'll exactly. probably succeed, you know? So like if, if a school is bringing their whole staff, three assistants, head coach, all that stuff, and you're really wanted and another schools, just send them one assistant, you know, you're probably just kind of wanted, you know, if the head coach is texting you every day or every other day at one school and then the other school, the head coach texts you once a week, you know, I don't know. You got to weigh that out, but you know, you just got to ask yourself as a parent and as a player, what do you want? I'm getting recruited by 10 division two schools. You know, I know I'm this level, but do I want to hold out? That's great. Hold out, go ahead, you know, or go kill at division two and average 15, 20, 25 points a game and then go up to division one. Right. Cause this is, this is the time to, to go up to anything. Yeah. You can transfer, transfer you can whatever. do whatever you want to you know, do. Mercy <laughs> college just had a kid transfer from mercy to Xavier. Yeah, that's 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 good for the kid. You know, that's probably his dream to play at uh at at uh was it Butler? You no, said? Uh, Xavier, Z- Xavier, yeah, Xavier, Xavier, yeah, yeah. Xavier. yeah. So that that kid must he, be very very yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah. But that 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 wasn't happening. You know, fifteen no, years ago. No, no, that, no. You're not. That's and not. He, happening. He's good. He's a workhorse. I think he averaged like twenty two and fourteen or something. So. You know, uh, and he's a, he's like six, I think he's six, seven, six, eight, or whatever. Jersey kid, Brian Griffin, I think his name is. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just too many people discount the D two and D three level and just think it's like you know what? Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm not saying it because I played D two or whatever the case is. I went where I was wanted. They wanted me there, right. so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go here and play right. then. But to go back to the original point, um, to go back to the original point. That that's the big thing. That's the big misconception, you know, kids and parents, you know, can get is that, oh, is well, why are the D one offerings offering them, but there's a D two? You, you just explained it clear cut for them. You know, D, D they're just keeping them warm to see if they miss on a guy, and that's when you go in and try to get that guy. Exactly. You know, so go. And the, the one thing I learned, you know, you know, go where you're gonna play. Yeah. That's simple. It's that simple. Go where you're going to play. You could play at Nebraska for 10 minutes a game and tell everybody, yo, I play in the Big Ten. Or you can be at VCU and play 26 minutes a game. And, you know, people would be like, if you're averaging, you know, 15 and 10 points in the in the A-10, you, you're one of the better yeah, players. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? No, just, just go where you're going to play. You know, some but some guys, you know, they rather put on Instagram that they're at a division one school and, you know, that looks sexier and all that type of stuff. So, you know, just, if you want to just go along with the ride and just be at the division level and chill and get your degree. All right. That's fine. But don't complain. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, what do you think, uh, 
you know, being, you know, director of basketball operations, obviously it's a, you know, it's a good move. You coach a division one, uh, you, you're part of a division one program and you get to see the ins and outs of the program every day. Like what's the, what's some of the challenges that you, you see on a daily basis and what's some of the things that you love about yeah, the job? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think what I love about the job is that you get to work with, you know, administration more than any other person in, on staff. So, like, I'm working with the assistant ADs constantly, you know. So, uh, you know, that that, that really is, is something where you can build relationships and see a total other side of the business, you know. Um, Got but you. Got you. It's like, I would say, like, you know, that's probably the fav- like one of my favorite parts in terms of, like, learning and stuff, you know. But obviously, you know, my favorite right. part also is, is just a relationship with the players. You know, as an ops guy, you're always, you know, with the yes. players more than yes. probably anyone else just because you're always doing, like, the little tasks that need to be done. You know, challenges would be, you know, you got to, um, you know, you got you to gotta plan every trip. So you're booking hotel rooms and ordering meals and, you know, every little thing for 30 people, you know, when you travel. So you're essentially running a 30-person business because when – that bus, you know, leaves, they're asking you what terminal are we flying out of? They're asking you, where's my ticket? You know, before you get off the bus, they're asking you, where's the meeting room? You haven't even gotten to the hotel yet. So they're, so right, you're the point right. man for everything. So, you know, you got to be organized and you got to be on top of your stuff. You know, you're running the 30 person business because you got 15 players. You got six staff members, which is 21. You got your, your athletic trainer. You got four or five managers. You got your strength coach got your bus driver so like you know you 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 gotta everything comes back on you so you gotta have every meal planned for 30 people every room booked for 30 people every direction you know if the even with the bus driver sometimes you can't trust the bus driver to do their jobs and then if the bus driver makes a wrong turn well then the head coach is looking at you well why didn't you know the directions you know so like that's 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 everything is everything's on you about so like you know i don't know how many us guys enjoy road games man but like you know road games i'm not even i'm on like you know edge like you can't even enjoy the game almost sometimes because you know you're always thinking about the next thing home games aren't as bad you know right right yeah and for people out there are probably looking like man that, that guy is at a division one program and he's doing basketball operations well there you go you just gotta you know the insight on what it's really really like <laughs> Um, yeah, everyone wants everyone wants to be an ops guy until you become an ops guy. Ops guy, right? You know what I'm saying exactly. like that's the type of deal until you get into it. And, and and don't get me wrong, some people love this side of it, and and this side of it is great. You know, like it's it, it's it's awesome. You know, um, but like if you if you come from a coaching background where you love the recruiting and you love being on the court, so for people that don't know, I'm not allowed to be on the court right. with the guys. You know, that's against the NCAA rules. That's only assistant coaches. So when you come from you know Benedicts and doing all this city rock stuff and whatnot, and you're really a basketball dude, it's tough. Right. You know, this is my this was my first year in my you know seven years out of college that I wasn't able to do anything on the floor with people. So you know, but you do it because you're trying to get to that next level. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I get it. I absolutely get it, man, you know. And, and and this is good, Dion, because, like, the operations title, like, if you just go right to an assistant coach, like, that's great. But, like, when you have the ops title, it opens up so many doors, doors for yeah. you. Like, if you want to go into, you know, you know, being an AD, if you want to go to being working at a prep school, if you want to go, like, you know, it, it, you know, just all those type of stuff. And it's good life experience, you know. Absolutely. I get it, man. Um I, me personally, like I, I know your basketball knowledge, and I've seen you coach. 
And I know, like, this got to be killing G. It's got to be killing Greg. <laughs> you know, they, I, I've seen you coaching. You can coach. You can coach, man. I, that's that's one thing I know for sure. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. For sure, for sure. Um, the uh, Right now, we got to – I mean, I, I don't – I understand it to some capacity, but I'm not – you know, you're, you're dealing with uh, – I'm not into college basketball right now. You know, I left Rutgers North maybe, like, 2013 or something like that that's right. seven, seven years ago so i'm not big into you know guy and when i was there i don't think tra- transferring was somewhat you know relevant but not yeah not, it was not, just it was just coming around coming up, that was but, my senior year of, of being a manager in college it was just yeah, kind of coming around not the way it is now so no you know for like a kid that's out there listening or a parent or you know other coaches other high school coaches for whatever reason just explain to them like what the the transfer portal is how it works you know yeah yeah so the transfer portal you know like that's that's basically where you go to find a new home if you will so you know you're gonna i don't like you know uh you know whatever college i'm at i'm gonna enter the transfer portal and try to find a new home so a new school so like now i enter and then once i enter schools are allowed to contact me you know so now but you got like over 700 names in the portal right now so it's you know deciphering who fits where, who's a good kid, who's just an okay kid, who has good grades, bad grades, who fits, you know, the program. So if I were a parent or if I was an athlete about to enter the portal, what I would be doing almost is like, you know, kind of saying to the staff that I was, you know, playing for, hey, I'm thinking about entering the portal. It's no disrespect. You know, like, you know, what do you guys think, you know, or, or whatever, um, you know, be open, you know, even if that's a tough conversation to have. And right. then, you know, try to almost have maybe some options lined up before you go into the portal because you don't know what will happen once you enter the portal, you know? Right. Now, you enter – let me give an example. Dion Mingo enters the portal. Yeah. Um, I just average 10 points, 10 rebounds at a, at a, a Division One program. And I decide, you know what? You know, I think I think I could go a little bit higher. Yep. I could go from I could go to an ACC school. I go from a Mac school to an ACC school. Yep. I try to get into the portal. I got I get into the portal. More than likely, I'm gonna get picked up. But what if I don't get picked up by another school? Yeah. Then then like you know, well I can tell you right now, if you average in ten and ten, you're definitely going high major because that's how crazy this thing has gotten. But like right. you're. Here's the here's here here's another example. Like Dion Mingle enters enters the portal. He played you know at a Mac school and he averaged you know two point seven points and one rebound. And kids are still entering the freaking portal like that. So like you know like <laughs> they're like all right fine. But like like you said, where are you gonna go if you don't get picked up? Now is it Division two? Is it NAIA? Is it you know JUCO? JUCO it, right. You know, where, where is it? Like, you know, like I, I think last year they said something like at the end of the portal, there were still like 150 names in the portal. So I think a lot of those kids that, you know, don't fall somewhere, they end up at like an NAIA or, or a JUCO. But if you're a junior, you know, going into your senior year, you're not going to, you can't go JUCO. So, you know, um, I think that's why it's important to do your research, you know, kind of beforehand, you know, and, and, and whatnot, you know, that's, can't just people just get emotional and they say, Oh, I'm entering. See ya. Now I get it. Like if you averaged, you know, 10 points and five assists as a freshman in the Mac and you want to go higher, you know, with all this going on, 
like you said, now's the time to do it. You know, we, there was a player in the MAC that was a freshman, averaged like nine points a game, and then transferred to a, a Pac-12 school. You know, yeah. so like, you know, that's I, I get it. You know, they, they go, any coach would be lying if they would say they wouldn't accept a, a job at a Pac-12 school from from the MAC. Yeah, 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 right. And that's the other thing I was going to get into. And you know, some people get upset or say, "Oh, it's a lot of transferring. It's a lot of this." I, me personally, is like, it, it's there. It's it's there to be utilized. Use it. You know, the the world is moving forward. You know, nobody's going backwards. You know, kids. If if a kid is not happy and he he or she doesn't want to be there, try to go. You know, transfer. See if you can move up. You know, the key would the key as a coach would try to you would try to get players that want to be in your program and is willing to stick it out with you for three or four years or whatever the case is. But you as a coach, as a college coach, you have to know that if I take this job and one of these guys or two of these guys become all conference, it's a possibility I can lose these guys. Yeah, no doubt. And and then it becomes like, oh, am I gonna redshirt players because if I redshirt guys their freshman year, you know. Then I might only I might I might lose them after you know uh, you know the junior year or something like that you know so like it's just it's a challenge but I think you you just gotta adapt you know like there there was a time in 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 college basketball where like you know video was sent via VHS you know like and, right. and people were like how are we gonna adapt to these computers and boom you adapt like you know it's just like anything else in life you adapt or you die right what what a, uh and I, I don't know if you have the answer for this so. Do the student athlete have to let the coach know that he's entering the portal? Uh, usually you, you just say, hey, coach, you, you know, I'm entering the portal. And then you go to the compliance guy and you say, hey, you know, compliance officer, so-and-so, I'm, I'm, I want to enter my name in the portal. Gotcha. They'll enter it and, 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 you know, then you're on your way, you know. So that's usually how, you know, it goes. Usually there's conversations, you know, because, you know, listen, if, if you're – it's one thing to be a – a, a solid player and and commit somewhere and then after a year see that there's a dude that's in your position that's in front of you that's only a year ahead of you and you might not play till senior or junior year so I get that yeah go where you know maybe there's you know something like you know opened up for you like less roster space or whatever but it's another thing to you know cause problems and you know, think that like you're an all conference player when you not might not be and then transfer on like bad terms, you know. You should never really burn a bridge. No, I I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, so there you go. That's how the transfer portal works. <laughs> yeah. It's a wild wild um, west right now. Yes, yes. And there I, I was you know we could just talk, you know, openly talk about whatever right now. Um I see this kid, Jalen Greeny. Is it Jalen Green? Or some kid went to the G League or something like that? Yeah, like, I guess the G League's starting to recruit, like, you know, uh, yeah. guys in, like, even, like, the 21 class right now about, you know, thinking about, you know, bypassing college and coming and, you know, I mean, they're dishing out $500,000. They're giving him $125 grand if he wants to go back to college and get a degree. So, like, you know, that's wow. – that Yeah, so that, that could be the new wave, man. Don't let the G League get started, man. Don't let – I mean, it's already started, but don't let them get hot, you know, with this college basketball and the landscape and whatnot. You know, like, the G League could, you know, take some dues. But honestly, like, there's always going to be storylines in college basketball. There's always going to be players like Obi Toppin who no one really knew about and then explode. So, like, you know, right. okay, if the G League takes, you know, 
the Zions of the world, like we're still going to survive. You know, basketball, college basketball is still going to survive. It's not. Yeah, it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really not, you know, but if, you, if you're talking transferring too, as we're talking transferring, what about like, you know, the high school level where dudes are just, you know, popping around to schools all the time? You're seeing that, right? Uh, every, every, all the time. I mean, it's, it's, I had, there's, I, you know, I could give you a list of names and you know these kids. There's kids who leave St. Benedict's, go to IMG, come back to New Jersey and play, finish their career in New Jersey. And they're trying to go to these different schools, these different high schools to find, I don't know what they're trying to find. You know, like, the, you know, the, the, the latest thing that I'm hearing is like, oh, I'm trying to build my brand or you oh, know, really? do what's best, best for me or whatever the case is. If you just play four years, if you can't play four years of high school basketball at St. Benedict's and you're one of the, the better players coming up in the, in the ninth grade, why? I don't understand, you know, why are you, you know, you're leaving if the coaches are not forcing you out. But go back to my original point, if you don't want to be there, you know, but you don't want to be there, but you can't go, you can't leave St. Benedict's and go to a, another school and they were like, well, I don't want to be here. And then you go to another school and then I don't want to be here. Before it's all said and done, you don't play four high schools. and Yeah, and I think that's up. something that people got to realize too, that like, you know, the more right. high school you play for, the more AAU teams you play for that, like that comes up in recruiting meetings when they're like, you know, what do you think about this kid? Ah, uh, you know, like, you know, he's played for, you know, four high schools and three AAU teams. Like, you know, the, exactly. the, the history, like that comes up, you know, like parents got to realize that too. And the other thing parents got to realize too is that like coaches are, are are watching you in the stands as well? They'll know who they're recruiting and who their parents are. And if, they, if you're on the officials or acting up in the stands or you know only you know cheering for you know your kid or whatever, like that stuff stands out. And coaches get turned off by that because not only are they taking your kid for four years, but they're they're taking, they're taking you. you. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I don't think parents really get that. You know. Yeah. They. 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 Every every I'm a parent, you know. You're not a parent, no. and you know, everybody every parent wants the best for their kid. But it takes a special parent to, you know, get on their kid and tell them when he or she is wrong, or he or she needs to work better or have a better attitude. Right. Some parent some parents don't want to do that. Whatever. That's that's whatever. Yeah. Case is. You know, I do it with my kids, with my oldest son, or whatever the case is. You know, but. That's just the way it is in New Jersey right now, and, and not just New Jersey, all all across the, uh, the all across the board. I seen today, um, a kid, uh, kid got from from Pat's. He's going to he's going to like East Carolina, or something like that. Yeah, Noah you know. Farcon. Yeah, he started yeah, at Benedict. Yeah. He was he was so our eighth grade team when I was there was Noah Farcon and C.J. Wiltshire, which was crazy. You know, like, oh, I didn't even know Welcher went to St. Benedict's. I yeah. thought he went to Roselle Catholic. Not, well, he, he did. He did, but he went to Benedict's for like three, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade. Um, and I think he was there last year, too. And, and you know, okay. uh, and then, yeah, he finished up at, at Roselle. But he, yeah, our eighth grade team had him. Um, and I think they had the kid Tokes. From, that's going to NGIT. They, 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 yeah, yeah, I know Tokes. Yeah, I coach Tokes at AAU. Yeah, he's a good thing, player. Yeah, he's good. You know that kid. That kid needs a shout out because he talk about not transferring and whatnot. He's the yes. one kid. Yes. That stayed yes. at Benedict's from eighth grade to senior year, self-made, 
and just yes. worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And by senior year, you know, was there. Yeah, he's he's a good kid. Nice family too. Got a good, got a nice family. Yeah, for um, sure, man. for sure. That's what do you think about the what do you think about the shot clock with Jersey? Is that going or going through or not going through for high school basketball? Well, it, it's not going through. I actually had a conversation with somebody about this on the last episode that I had a high school coach actually, and uh, his his response was like, you know, if it, if they do, they do; if they don't, they don't. I, me personally, yes, I think they should have a shot clock in ba- in in basketball. Like I said, in high school basketball, things are evolving. In the game, if they have one in college, there's one in the pros. They should be one in high school. But what does it come down to, uh, G? It comes down to the money. Got to pay the shot clock uh, operator. You got to put a clock in in every school, and blah 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 blah. And it, it, does it go in for girls? And it's just it's so many yeah, so many other things. factors that people don't think about. Factors yet. people don't think about. I, I think it would be good, but you know, I think. You know, like, for example, like I played Milburn this year in the Essex County tournament. The score was 32 to 33, I think, or something like that. We lost by two points. I mean, the way that they held the ball and moved it and, and passed, and it's just like, okay, they're using the shot. They're, they're using not having a shot clock to their advantage. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Which is, you know, beneficial to that coach, you know. But some people will say, well, you, know, you need to run, you need to do, you, know, you use what you have. Right, right. You use what you have, you know. So I don't think it's going to come in. Do you think the shot clock would expose some coaches in Jersey that have never coached or uh, played or been with it? Or do you think they would just adapt and wouldn't be that big of a deal? It would definitely be something new for coaches who, you know, how can I put this? It it'll definitely be it'll be a challenge for some coaches. Put it like that, if that's fair. If that's fair to right. say, because now, because now it's like you you can't hold the ball. You know you gotta you gotta get it up and down the court, and you know the games become the game become a little bit faster. The defense ramps up a little bit, you know, and you just you know it, it might be a challenge. But for a coach like myself, I don't think I have a problem because I'm telling guys to run anyway. To get it up, get it up, get it up, get it up. You know, try to play as fast as you can. But um, I just, I just think, uh, I think it's time. And but I, I don't see it happening anytime soon. To be quite honest. Yeah, it kind of stinks. I mean, it is what it is. But it kind of stinks that you know that because everyone has a shot clock at the next level. You know, so like you. Yes. It's 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 kind of like you know. I think that's you know I don't know I think that's the the right route or to go or or whatever. But. You know, you can't. I guess with the money, like you said, it's it's tough. But you know, at least, or or maybe you you institute it slowly, as in like you know these holiday Christmas tournaments or something like that. You bring in portable ones or some something. You know. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I get it. And there's high school teams. There's other states. I'm sorry, who are using the shot clock in high school? You know, I can't remember the states off the top of my head, but I think California is one of them. Yeah, I don't know if New York is one of them. Yeah, yes. You know, same. there's a, the the other rule I would like to see, not change. Yeah, change is if you're in the eighth grade, you should be. Able, I think you should, you know, get a chance to play high school basketball because in some states they do that. Yeah, uh, yeah, they do that in New York. I think New York you can play as a seventh grader. 
Yep. You know, Joe yep. Girard was playing as a seventh or eighth grade, eighth grader. How 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 good was Joe Girard? Where did where did he end he up? Did, he starts with Syracuse. He started as you know after like the sixth or seventh yes. game. Um, this yes, year. he was. A, he's a shooter. Yeah, shooter. He played him. At I the thought he was going. Bit. I thought he was going to Duke. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, he loves that. That's where he's from up there, and just you know, cement his legacy even more. The kid's a winner. You know, he was also like, uh, I want to say he was like twenty four and two as this with two state championships as the starting quarterback for his high school. Well, he played football. Too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just like out here wheeling and dealing on the football field, so. He was, he was, he was just a winner, man, you know? Yeah. Just a, just a winner. I think we had a nice little conversation, no doubt, man. man. I appreciate you know, it. I appreciate it. For sure, for sure, man. You know, you gave a lot of insight on um, just the, the basketball operations side, and I hope it's, it's really good information. If, that if, if people and... got questions or whatever, they can they can email me, G-F-A-H-E-Y at Sienna.edu. You know, if you guys got yes. anything, you know. Anyone that yes, any yes. questions, just feel free. Um, so before we go, we're gonna, gonna ask you some personal questions. Yep. Man. Uh, LeBron or Michael Jordan? I got Michael Jordan. Okay, that's that's good. That's that's a main. Yeah, I got answer. Jordan, man. Um, who's the best quarterback of all time? Best quarterback? I think you got to go Brady. Okay, that's a Mingo answer right yep. there. And and give me your top five. If if your life, if Greg Fahey life depended on it, what is your top five basketball player? You you got to put five players out on the court, yep. and they got to win. They got to win the game for you in order for you to. Survive. Oh man, uh, Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, uh, Jordan, Kobe, Shaq. That's 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 yeah, my three. Yeah, Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, and then uh, Ray Allen, uh, mm. and I'm gonna go. You know, just cause I, he, you know, I think he could be. I'm down to two right here. Um, <laughs> he out of one. Yeah, no, I did two in my head. Then I'm going back and forth with the one. Oh, okay, okay. I, I think I'm going. Uh, I think I'm going Vince Carter. What? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got Shaq, Kobe, Jordan, Ray Allen, and Vince Carter. Yeah. All right, see so you showing your age, you showing your age a little bit, Vin, bro. Vince, you um, know, like I, I think that I think Vince will. Uh, and I'm going prime. All these guys in their prime, you know. I'd like, yeah, yeah. You know, I was gonna go Tracy McGrady because right. I think he's he's not, you know, well, you know, I don't think he gets enough credit. Well, he. he he don't deserve any more credit than he's gotten. He didn't do nothing. What, what did he win? He didn't oh, win. Anything. He won a scoring yeah, title. Yeah, yeah, just whatever. a score. You know, I don't know. But uh, my five, my five is Jordan, Kobe, Charles Barkley, um, Shaquille O'Neal, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't know. Yeah, that's true, Kareem. I don't. I don't even know if you need anything more than Kobe, Mike, and and, and Shaq. To be honest. And Charles, yeah, too. And Charles. I mean, you got Charles. Well, well you got to think about the, the, the way I look at it, like with Charles, Mike, and Kobe, the willpower alone is like, it's going to be hard to beat those dudes, man. Yeah, no, 100%. It's going to be It's going to be hard. But I, 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 if I take my five and put it up against your five, I, you know, I think I'll Shit, yeah, five, you so, might. You know. might. <laughs> but. Well, 
I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Dion Mingle podcast. I want to thank Greg Fee for stopping by today, chatting with me about, you know, plethora of of different, you know, topics and things. Really appreciate it, man. No doubt, no doubt. We'll catch up another time again. All right, appreciate it. Thank you.